Romans chapter 5 verse 8 For God commended his love towards us In that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us So it's not about what we have done Or what we will ever do It's about his love for us I can boldly tell you That it's not about what you have done It's not about what you are doing It's not about what you will ever do God loves you And you need to realize that because he loves you He will not lead you in what you are going through able to discern between what is right and what is wrong that we may be able to come to a place of understanding to know your will your purpose and your counsel concerning your church concerning our lives personally thank you father for in this place you will walk beyond our expectation thank you father in jesus mighty name we have prayed oh come on somebody jam your hands together for jesus this morning Come on, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Jam your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. All right, we may be seated in God's presence. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, I want to welcome all of us to church this morning. Praise God. Um, so good to see every single one of us again. And Tokwe, so good to see you. Praise God. Um, hallelujah. I think that's what they call it, right? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And also, pay me so good to see you. That's a big surprise. Praise God. And good to see all your lovely, lovely children. Praise God. All of them just look like you. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, you guys look like beans. Amen. Praise God. You know what I mean by that. Praise God. Every every beans you pick, they look alike. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Wow. So good to be in God's presence again. Um, this is the second service that we're having after uh, the lockdown in the city of Lagos. Amen. And we are so excited um, to gather together once again as the saints of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And for all our online viewers, we also welcome you for whatever part of the planet that you're watching us from. We appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in to our service this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's morning here uh, in Nigeria. Praise God. You know, God is awesome. Praise God. Some people may be in the evening. Praise God. In fact, it's amazing. Some people may still be in yesterday. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is just amazing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. All right. Uh, we're going to continue um, the series we started for those of us that have been following us online. Um, and I want to believe that everybody seated here uh, this morning have been following the teaching online. Praise God before now. Let me see your hands up if you've been following the teaching online. Let me see your hands up. Just wave your hands. Wave your hands. Wave your hands. <clears throat> You're in the house of God. Oh, praise God. And angels are moving all around. Raise your hands if you have been following. Raise it very well. Uh -huh. So I can see those who have not been following. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you have not been following the messages on YouTube, if you want to watch the videos, and um, if you want to listen to the audio, it's also on our podcast, um, because it's important that you follow that teaching. Praise God. Hallelujah. And um, last week, um, I would have continued the series, but God wanted us to take a break, and he wanted us to just thank him. Praise God uh, for keeping each and every one of us during the COVID-19 season. Hallelujah. A lot of people are still scared to come to church. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Uh, but I know that when you come to church, 
especially a place where there's love and where there's power praise god it's not the place you can come and encounter covid 19 amen glory to god hallelujah all right so i'll just give us a background um of the topic that we've been looking at um the title of the message is understanding church and money hallelujah um it's been a very interesting topic for me uh because um for people who are close to me um know that um you know when it comes to talking about money when it comes to church um i'm not really the best thing the best person or the best pastor or the best preacher praise god <laughs> you know to call on you know and talk about you know church and money praise god um you may call me to talk about jesus call me to talk about the holy spirit and every other topic praise god but when it comes to you know church and money i'm not really the you know the best preacher the best pastor the best teacher you know along those lines praise god um but god uh, would have me you know do this at such a time as this and i believe that it's because of what is going on in the world at large and and especially within the body of christ and that is why he wants me um to take time to run through this particular teaching praise god uh, because you find out that, you know, like I always tell us that uh, we're in the information age. Information is readily available. It's at our fingertips. Praise God. Yeah. I always tell us, whatever information you need, you know, just go on Google. Praise God. Type it in and Google will, Google will find something to give you. Praise God. Type into Google, you know, one million ways to kill myself. I'm telling you it will give you. Praise God. Just, just type anything. Praise God. So information is at our fingertips. Um, even things that happened before we came. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Praise God. And because of the availability of this information, you find out that people who are not um, lettered enough or, are not, um, uh, or have not studied the word of God enough, um, there is a tendency for them to mix up a whole lot of things, especially when it comes to church and money praise god hallelujah um you know this debate has been on for a while now praise god about you know paying of tithes not paying of tithe you know giving church money not giving church money you know giving pastors money not giving pastors money praise god you know all of these debates have been on and when you go on social media you find out that people that are for then you find the people that are against praise god and sometimes when you really sit down to look at all of those, um, you know, debates, praise God, or those analyses, or those scriptural, you know, whatever you're going to call it, you'll find out that, you know, the people that are for, they have their points, praise God. And the people that are against, they also have their points, praise God. But you see, this particular teaching is not about um, who is for or who is against. Are you following me? Come on, are you following me? Uh -huh. It's not about who is for or who is against. Praise God. What we are doing is that we're taking time to research, to study the word of God and find out what the word of God really says about church and money. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's very important. And you see, you cannot give accurate information by the spirit of God except you have studied enough. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. I was sharing, I think it was with Pastor Kunle. You know, I saw something on social media and I'm like, I mean, this generation is wrong. They are just running wild. They are just running crazy. Glory to God. Can you imagine somebody coming and saying that if you want to get to know God, you don't need to go through his word. Just know God by his spirit. Are you following me? Do, do you understand what I'm talking about? I, I, lo I love what Alfred said. Alfred said, which spirit? Praise God. He said, you don't, you don't need to. He said, you can just know God by his spirit without his word. Hallelujah. I mean, how do you talk about the knowledge of God outside of his word? Because it is his word that reveals his mind to us. It's the word of God that shows us how God thinks. Is the word of God that shows us how he reasons. Praise God. Is the word of God that gives us some, how, how do I put it now? Should I say guidelines? Praise God. You know, when it comes to God. So, how would you say that you don't need the word of God? All you just need is his spirit. Praise God. Now, when people, when I meet people who talk like that, one thing I know that always hands their story. Praise God. They come to a point, and I've seen this happen again and again. Praise God. They always run mad at the end of the day. Now, now I'm, not, I'm not joking. Praise God. I'm not, now I'm not joking. I've seen it happen to two people that I know. Praise God. They run mad at the end of the day. Because before you know it, they begin to tell you things that are strange. Hallelujah. They begin to tell you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. You know. I have this friend long ago, you know, I, I don't even know where the guy is now. Praise God. You know, sometimes he will come, you know, come to my place. And, you know, there's just a way he looks. He's always looking as if, you know, something wants to talk to him. Praise God. And I kept telling him, guys, slow down with these things. Praise God. Hallelujah. One day he came to my place and he said, the spirit of God is telling him that I should leave my place and go and stand at the junction. I said, <laughs> I said, okay. So he stood up, you know, so I was still doing what I was doing in the house. Eventually when I went out, I, I, you know, for those of us who know Futa, you know, that's at the, at the South Gate. I just saw him, he was just standing there, you know, and I'm like, you know, but before you know it, he started doing all kinds of strange things. Praise God. Because the truth is, when you, you know, people look for what is not lost. Are, are you following me? How would you say you want to know God outside of his word? And you see, these people, you know, they come, they come with this type of teaching in a subtle way. And one of the things they will tell you to make you believe that they are right, shall I tell you? They will tell you that which Bible did Adam read? Which Bible did Abraham read for Abraham to know God? Oh, you don't get what I'm saying. That's the angle with which they will come. So they will tell you that if Abraham did not need the word of God to know God, then you don't need the word of God to also know God. You can know God by his spirit. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's some depth, right? You know, I, I'm sounding deep right now, right? <laughs> I'm sounding very deep, praise God. You know, so when they say, when they say such things... You know, you, you also will sit down and like, ah, that's true. And say, ah, that's true. When God told Abraham, leave your father's house to a land that will show you. There was no Bible. God just spoke to him. So God can just speak. Me too, I can just know God outside of his word. Glory to God. But as I've told you, you see, what happens to such people? Because, you see, when God, <laughs> you see, there's a reason that why we were given this word. 
When you read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Bible says the things that happen to them, they are for examples unto us, unto whom the end of the world has come. That means whatever happened to the men of old, they are put down together for us, so that when we read, we can know how God thinks, we can know how God reasons. Are you following me? So if you want to live in this generation like an Abraham lived outside of his word, are you following me? There is a high tendency that you're going to miss out on a lot of things. Or are you following me? Not even these days where there are a lot of spirits moving around. Are you following me? Even the Bible says we should test all spirit. So if he's telling us to test all spirit, that means there are different kinds of spirits everywhere. And when you hear them, you will say, ah, it is God talking to you. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen to me. No man can know God in this generation outside of his word. Are you following me? Because whatsoever the spirit of God will even say to you right now, is only going to confirm what has been written. Oh, did you hear me? And if you don't know what has been written, then how then do you confirm that it is the spirit of God that is talking to you? And not one spirit from hell or from... Do you understand what I'm saying? So you find all kinds of erroneous teaching, all kinds of beliefs flying all around. And when you put those teachings and those beliefs side by side with the word of God, you find out that they can't stand. Are you following me? And I always tell people, listen to me, whatever dream, whatever vision, whatever prophecy, whatever belief you have, as long as it does not line up with the word of God, what did I tell you you should do to it? You throw it out the window. I mean, just you, you throw it out the window. You throw it out of the window. These are days where there is a rise of prophets. Praise God. Now, I love the prophetic office. Beautiful, beautiful office. Praise God. But that office has been baptized by by whole by bunch of nuisance. Praise God. Let me use that word. You know, they just keep saying all kinds of stuff. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I was reading something yesterday night. This person said, you can imagine somebody traveled all the way from how do I which I've forgotten the the, the the real narration now. But you know, it's like somebody traveling all the way from, let me say from Ghana. Praise God. Are you following me? You traveled all the way from Ghana to come to Nigeria to see a prophet. Now, number one, you spent, if you came by air, you spent air ticket. Praise God. That means you're going to spend money to and fro. Praise God for your air ticket. Now, you will lodge in an hotel. Praise God. Maybe for some days in order to be able to see the prophet. Are you calculating the amount of money? Come on, are you calculating the amount of money? Then eventually when you will see the prophet, you have to hold something to see the prophet. Are, are you following this? I hope you are putting the money together in your mind. Then eventually you see the prophet and the prophet tells you as a man that, ah, it is your wife that is doing you. So you spent all of those monies to eventually come and discover that it's your wife that is doing you. Do you No, maybe I should ask this congregation that is physically present. How many of you have encountered, you know, some prophets? Let me see your hands up. You know, you will find out that those guys, they don't have nothing much to say except your, your, either your wife is doing you, your mother is doing you, you shouldn't marry this girl, you shouldn't marry this man. Uh, somebody is what? Uh, somebody stay with you. This man has really... <laughs> Somebody stay with you that is not supposed to be staying with you. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. So, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not, if you have not studied enough, you will find out that you just be carried about with every wave of doctrine. And that's what Paul wants us about. That we should study to show ourselves approved. A workman that needed not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Because it's very important. If you can't rightly divide the word of truth, you know, I was, I was sharing earlier in, the, in part of the earlier series that one of the ways I know that somebody has not studied the word of God enough. Do you know how I know? Come on, do you know how I know? I'll tell you. When he listens to preacher A, come on, that's a powerful message. Preacher B comes, ah, or on here, what? Preacher C comes, yes, that's the word. Every preacher he listens to is making sense. Do you understand what I'm saying? Every preacher is listening to. Have, have you listened to this? All of them are making. When you function like that around me, I just know you have not studied enough. Glory to God. Because if you have studied enough, you will come to a point where you realize that the fact that the word is coming from the pulpit does not mean it is right. Oh, you don't get what I'm talking about. The fact that the word is coming from a bishop does not mean it is right. Oh, am I talking to somebody? The fact that the word is coming from a pastor who has 50 it is right. Oh, are you following me? That makes it, I mean, the only thing that makes it right is when it and if you have not studied enough, how then do you know that what is said lines up with God's word? Are you following this? Come on, are you following this? Oh, so let's go back to our study. I'll just give us a little bit of background. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 God and mammon. I'm just trying to paraphrase so that we can really move forward. That was where we started. Glory to God. I, I talked about wisdom is principal thing. He said with all that I get that means wisdom is important. But you see beyond wisdom understanding is, is much more crucial. Amen? I said amen. amen. Wisdom is the principal thing. He said therefore get wisdom. He said but with all thy getting. That means with everything that you've got, he said try and get understanding. Are you following me? Now if you would if, if you would allow me to interpret that scripture, the way I feel it the way I feel it is telling you that wisdom is good but understanding is more better. Oh, oh, I don't know, maybe somebody's getting me. He, he's telling you that wisdom is crucial it's something you should get but you see, wisdom in itself is not enough. You must add understanding to the wisdom that you have. That's why it says, when you also read in that same book of Proverbs, it said, through wisdom, a house is built. That means you can build a house by wisdom. But it says, by understanding, the house is established. So, you can build a house by wisdom, but if understanding is not present, that means that house will not be established. After a while, it's going to break down. Are you following me? And when we're going to talk about marriage along that line, you see, through wisdom, you can find a wife. Through wisdom, you can find a husband. But when understanding is missing, it's, it's just going to understand. It's understanding that makes marriage work. Somebody says, standing under. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. So, 
talking about you can't serve two masters. It's either you serve God or you serve mammon. It's either you serve God or you serve money. One of the two. But you cannot serve the two at the same time. He said you will either despise one or you will love the other. But to put the two side by side and serve them at the same time is going to be virtually impossible. Are you following this? Come on, are you following this? Now, I told us that when Jesus said you can't serve God and mammon, God or mammon, praise God, when statements like that are made, um, what he's saying is that God and money stand side by side. Are you following me? In other words, both of them are in the same class. Let me put it like that. You know, uh, the, the perfect, I mean, the example I gave um, in the first teaching when I was running through this particular text is, you know, um, um, we have cars. Come on, don't we? Come on, we have cars. But when you want to buy a car and you go to a car shop and you tell the people at the car mat, I mean, I need a car. What question do you think they will ask you again? I mean, after then. What type of car? So you can decide to buy a Mercedes Benz or you buy a Toyota. Now, both of them are brand of cars. Both of them are cars, praise God. But different function, different, do you understand what I'm saying? But both of them are cars. Are you following me? So the guy will ask you, do you want a Benz or you want a Toyota? Which means that both cars both Benz and Toyota, both of them are cars. Are you following this? Both of them are cars, but they function differently. Praise God. But both of them are what? They are cars. Which means they belong to the same class of being cars. Are you following me? So, when Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. That means money also is a master. Oh, come on, talk to me now. That means money, as, God, as much as God is a master, money also is what? Is also a master. So, what he's saying is that he's putting God and money in the same class. That means both of them are what? They are powerful. Come on. Somebody look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor money is powerful. Oh, you're not saying it like I wanted to say. Tell your neighbor money is powerful. You know? And that's why a lot of people will do anything to make money, to have money. But Jesus said you can't serve the two together. So we live at a time where in our generation or in different generations, even before our own, there's always a choice between God and money. Are you following me? Now, one of the most, um, I, I did some, some screenshot of some excerpt of the teaching I've done, and I did several, praise God, but the two most important ones that I felt that taught me the most was, um, let me remember I put it now. I said, number one, I said, if the church or the pastor uh, um, places money above God, one thing you will find out in that church or in the life of that pastor is that he will do whatever anyhow it takes to get into the pocket of the people. Come on, did you hear me? 
Or should I say it again? Should I say it again? When a particular church or a preacher or a pastor exalts money above God, that church or that pastor or that preacher will come to a place where he can do anything to get into the pocket of his congregation. Are you following me? Now you see, the converse of it is that when the congregation, hallelujah, when they exalt money above God, they will use all kinds of scriptural reference to make sure that they keep their money. Oh, you guys are not following me. Do you understand what I just said? Do you understand? Should I come again? When the congregation exalts money above God, they will use all kinds of scriptural references to ensure that they keep their money. Do you understand that? Now, the pastor, when he exalts money above God, he will do anything, including sell, you know, <laughs> praise God. I saw, I saw one post yesterday and I praise God. You know, um, I don't know, but I'm sure he's, he must have been a pastor. Praise God. They poured, you know, face mask, plenty face mask on the floor. And the pastor was lying down on all the face mask praying. Praise God. And somebody wrote there that when you use this face mask, you will never have COVID-19. Praise God. So the amount you will buy each of those face masks is 10,000 naira. Uh, even behind, the man behind the camera is saying glory. <laughs> Do you understand? So they bring the face masks to church. The pastor tells you, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been waiting on the Lord for, for 40 days and 40 nights. And when I came out, I saw a vision. You know, I saw, I saw COVID-19 moving, killing people. But I just saw a set of people. They had something that covered their, their nose and their mouth. And as long as they used it, the virus was not jumping on them. And when God opened my eyes, I saw that I needed to buy face masks and pray on it. And these are the face masks. Whoever out of you will use this face mask will never ever, 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 ever have COVID-19. Then everybody shouts, yay. And, you know, everybody now begins to run a race of, I must get the face mask. Thank you for one. Something that, <laughs> praise God. Something that maybe is the wife of the pastor that sold it for 250 naira in his room. That is, do you understand what I'm saying? And when you look at the converse of it, the converse of it is that when the congregation too, exalt money above God, they will do everything to explain a way releasing their substance for the work of the gospel. Are you following me? Come on, are you following me? Because you see, you know, when the whole, you know, tight debates, you know, and all of that started some couple of years ago, one of the things I discovered is this. I discovered that there were people who were pushing that teaching of we are New Testament believers, we are not supposed to be paying tithe, I saw that there were some people who were pushing it from a sincere heart. Are you following me? Because they studied to a point that they realized that, come on, this is not a practice for the New Testament believer. Are you following me? But at the same time, I saw a lot of people who were also driving it, not because they have studied or anything, praise God, but because they were just trying to keep their money. 
Oh, am I talking to somebody here? I hope you are not among them. <laughs> do, do you understand what I'm saying? They were, they were pushing it because they wanted to keep their money as much as possible. You know, I, I remember watching a video where, you know, I, I, okay, I wouldn't want to, want to mention the name of the man of God, but I'm sure that once I say it, a lot of people even online will probably know. This, this, you know, man of God here in Nigeria stood behind the pulpit and said that tithe is not a practice for the New Testament believer. And because of the level at which people have placed this man of God, are you following me? Immediately he made that statement. It was a large congregation. Immediately he made that statement. You need to see the way it was as if, you know, the whole congregation does, you know, like, ah, you know, like, ah, oh, well, you know, that kind of feeling. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you find out that more than half of that congregation have been paying their tithes. Are you following me? Not out of love for God or out of their passion for the gospel, but out of the fear of, they have said, when we don't pay our tithe, we are thieves, we are robbers, we are robbing from God, and the devourer, we step into our money. So they are doing it not out of love, but out of fear. Are you following me? And listen to me. Whatever you do out of fear, God does not accept. That's why when angels show up to humans from Genesis to Revelation, the first thing they will tell that human is do not be afraid. Because when it comes to God, you should not walk in fear. When you read from 1 John chapter 4, I think from verse 10 downwards, he said perfect love casteth out fear because there's no fear in love. Are you following me? So, whatever you do out of fear, listen to me. There are a whole lot of believers, glory to God, who are paying their tithe, who are giving their first fruit, giving all types of givens, praise God, not out of faith or love for God, but out of fear. Are you following me? They are, they are afraid. And that's why when you see people who, maybe something suddenly happens to their business, the first thing they say is, ah, more than Have you met such people before? Let me see your hands up. Have you met such people before? He said, ah, more than me, you know. I remember those days in Futa, a woman's shop got burnt at Southgate. I mean, everything caught fire. I came out of my, my room. I saw this woman. This woman picked up herself, jumped up and slammed herself on the floor. Pah! And she cried out. Ah, more than So you find out that these people are doing all of these things as obligations to protect what they have. Are you following me? They are not doing it out of love for God, out of, out of faith, glory to God, out of we need to see the kingdom of God or the things of the kingdom go forward. Oh, are you, are you following me? Well, we're still going to get there because when it comes to the New Testament way of giving, the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. There are people who give their tithe out of pain. You, do you understand what I'm saying? Ah! Ah! You know, especially when the money is much. Praise God. You know, it's easy for you to pay your tithe when it's just, um, you know, somebody gives you 10K. It's just 1K now. Mm. Somebody gives you 100K. You say, ah! Ah, 100K, 10K. Ah! You know, but you still give it. But somebody gives you 100 million. Or you make 100 million. Ten, 10 million. Oh, man, they have to go. 10 million. 
ah then you begin to think about it are you following me <laughs> hallelujah glory to god so you see all kinds of all kinds of all kinds of mannerism within the body of christ but we must sit down and find out from god's word what is the real perspective of God concerning these matters. Hallelujah. It's, I mean, I'm still running through the summary. Praise God. I've not even gotten to the message of today. So, we looked at um, Romans chapter 16 from verse 5 and we saw how the church began to evolve. Praise God. From the book of Acts, you know, um, Peter preached, 3,000 people were added to the church, the church began to grow, Praise God. Then they began to have house fellowships. They were meeting from house to house. Praise God. That's why when you see some of the writings of Paul, he will say, uh, greet the church in the house of Diola. Have you seen salt before? Greet the church in the house of Victor. Praise God. So the church began to expand. They began to meet from house to house. Because one of the things we must also understand when it comes to this topic, we must also understand the trends in, I mean, in church growth. How the church evolved over the years. For us to be able to balance these things. Because gradually, people are moving to a point where they are postulating or proposing that church meeting, gathering like this, is not even necessary again. Oh, maybe some of you don't know some of these things I'm talking about. And COVID-19 even exposed a whole lot. He exposed a whole lot more. There are people right now who, after church, church has even returned. We have not seen some people in church. I hope you know that. And I'm telling you the truth of the matter. There will be some people who, even after they have said that COVID-19 has disappeared from the face of the earth again. That I'm talking about physical gathering. Because they will tell you that you know, we don't need to gather together in a building. That church is not a building. Praise God. So, you know, so they wake up this Sunday morning, they join the online service of Potter's House. Praise God. And after watching the online service of Potter's House for 15 minutes, they switch to that of Love's Domain Family Assembly. Then after 10 minutes, they switch again and move to that of Covenant. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because they are gradually proposing that, you know, <laughs> I've seen a whole lot of stuff. Glory to God. So we must understand how the church evolved. And we must also understand that the gathering of the saints of God is very important. It's very crucial. Because if the gathering is not important, even the early church will not have to be meeting in people's houses. Oh, you don't understand what I'm talking about. If all of us can stand alone, and I say that, okay, now I am born again. I don't need you. I don't need anybody. If all of us can stand alone, even the early church will not have needed to gather in units. Are you following me? And as the church began to evolve, as they began to meet from house to house, they were reaching out. The numbers were growing to a point that they now needed to start renting buildings, having structures. Are you following me? Then all of a sudden, we started having the church from the church in the house of peace. We started having the church of Ephesus. The church at Corinth. Are you following me? The church at, at, at Rome. We started having the church.
shows us that the gathering is very important and very crucial. Oh, are you following me? See, online service can never replace the gathering of the saints. Are you following me? It can never replace it. There are things you will get here that no matter how the internet is so hot with the anointing, you won't catch it. Are you following me? Now, I know people will come and say, ah, there's no distance in the realm of the spirit. See, but there are certain things that does not happen when there's no physical contact. Are you following me? There's a limitation to it. Glory to God. There's a limitation to it. You can't, how would you, how would, how would we be able to say that we love the brethren if the brethren do not gather together? It's easy to easy, easy internet. So you see some lady come and say, ah, you know, pastor, I just met this guy. You know, we've been dating for like five months. Then you say, hey, five months, wow. So where is he? Where does he was? Ah, he's in New York. We met on Facebook. Have you met before? We've never met before. And they are so in love. <laughs> and you see, you can't tell how real that love is until the two of them meet. How many of you even realize that you see, even, let, don't, don't let even talk about internet dating. Let's talk about even physical dating. How many of you realize that you, you dated your, your wife now, praise God, for 10 years before you got married. But you discovered that six months down the line after marriage, you started wondering, Do you understand what I'm talking about? Praise God. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's even people who have been dating, they go out together, they do things together, but after marriage, you understand what I'm saying? You don't discover that, oh, oh God, oh, I thought I knew this person. Now, what now happens when you now say, Let, let's just be doing these things online? Praise God. The church gathered physically together. The early church met. The Bible says they will go out. Then when they encounter persecution, what happens? They come together. Then they pray together. Then they go out. Then they come together. There is always a point where they meet. Oh, are you following me? Come on, are you following me? I'm, I'm not that pastor that will tell you that, oh, since there is online now, let everything just go online. There's just something about that physical gathering. And you see, when you are a pastor and you begin to speak like I'm speaking right now, praise God, people will look at you and say, ah, one, one, one tight in the praise God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Ah, it's because of tights. You know, money is not entering again. That's why they want physical gathering. But that's the truth of God's word. You can't take that away. The Bible says, do not neglect the gathering of the brethren, the gathering of the saints. There's something that happens when we come together. Are you following me? Oh my God, one will chase a thousand. How many will two chase? Then how many will three chase? Then make it four. Make it five. Make it six. Make it ten. You can imagine the number of demons that will be put to flight. When ten believers come together. Are you following me? But when there is no coming together, then how does these things work? Are you following me? So the church evolved. Then we started having different churches, praise God, until it became what we have today. Are you following me? Now, one interesting thing that I shared. Now, maybe, maybe I'm just meant to do summary, especially because of those of us 
who are here this morning, who have not been following the series, you know, online. You see, and a lot of people are angry because of what the church of today has become. Now, you see, I as a pastor, I understand their anger. Glory to God. And one of the things that people call it, they call it, they use one particular word. They call it proliferation of churches. Have you heard that word before? Proliferation of churches. That there are churches everywhere. Everywhere you turn, there's a church. Everywhere you turn, there's a church. In, <laughs> praise God. And, I mean, I mean, I mean I, and it's not a lie. Praise God. You see a three-story building. Even in Akure, praise God. Where our church is, in that compound. Praise God. I said hallelujah. In that compound. How many churches in that compound? There are three churches in that compound. Yeah, three. Three churches in that compound. You know, I remember the last time we were there that we did live streaming, you know. I think our college church, you know, was complaining that they were hearing, you know, a background music, you know, and somebody had to type that, you know, is there a church close by? Praise God. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? So, some people are angry at the fact that there are churches everywhere. There is a vision of a man of God in this nation, a prominent man of God, whose vision is that every on every street, is there on every street now, or every five, five kilometers, I can't remember now, you understand, that there must be a church, praise God. And they are doing it, praise God. On one church, you will see that same, that same church. They will have like three, three parishes, praise God. So, some people are angry at that. That means churches are everywhere. Glory to God. And much more, their anger is channeled towards the fact that we now have a lot of fake men of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because these are times that, you know, you graduate from school, you look for a job, you can't get one. But you know John 3.16. Praise God. You know? So, and John 3.16 is enough to build your ministry around. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. If that is what you will preach every Sunday, praise God. At least people will come and they will pay, give their offerings. Amen. Praise God. Is it not better than doing nothing? Come and talk to me. So you find out that a whole lot of those stuffs are happening and it's getting people angry. But you see, God told me some years ago. Are you listening to me? God told me some years ago that you see, what the people see as something that um, they call proliferation of churches is actually God working out his agenda on planet earth. Oh, I'm going to show you now. You know, let, let's go to First Kings. I, I, I want us to read. First Kings 19.17. You know, all of these things I'm sharing this morning, they're all in the part one, two, and three, yes, of this particular teaching, but I just have a leading to do this. First Kings 19. Are you there? Are you there? So that I will be sure you are there. I want somebody within this congregation here to read verse 17 for me with a very loud voice. Ah, that voice, eh? I know the place that voice is coming from. Come on, read it again. Anyone who escapes from Azael will be killed by Jehu. And those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Read verse 18. He said, yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. 
Now look at verse 17 again. I want you to read verse 17 again because that's really our focus. Go again. Go again, please. Anyone who escapes from Azrael will be killed by Jehu. And those who escape Jehu, he said they will be killed by Elisha. Now I want you to watch this. Now he's talking about the prophets of Baal. He says anyone that escapes the sword of Azrael. Now the way I pictured this particular verse, you know the way I picture it. I picture it as Azrael being in the front. And I picture it like the enemies or the prophets of Baal are coming against them. Are you following me? Now Azrael has a sword in his hand. And with that sword, he has to kill now as he's killing there are some people that will escape him run past him now he said anyone that run past Azrael he said hey hey Jehu is right behind Azrael the one that escaped Jehu will take him down why well, are you following this now the one that escapes Jehu he said Elisha is waiting for you at the back now you know what God told me about this scripture several years ago God told me that this same mode of operation is how the church of today is being run. Are you following this? Because God told me that his plan is to save the whole world. Are you following? Not just some tribe or some type of people or some personality types. Or oh, are you following me? His plan is not to save the sanguine alone. Praise God. His plan is to save the choleric, the understand all kinds of people, area boys. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the plan of God. And you see, you how many of you have realized that there are some churches that some people will never attend because of their personality types? Oh, come on, talk to me now. Oh, come on, talk to me now. How many of you have realized that there are some churches that some people will not attend because of their personal beliefs? Oh, come on, talk to me now. How many of you have realized that there are some churches some people will not attend because of their upbringing? Or oh, are you following me? Which means that every single human being on planet Earth, there are some churches they will not go because of their upbringing, because of their background, because of their belief, because of their personality types. Are you following me? But listen to me. When we bring it down to this scripture, as the Holy Ghost was explaining to me some years ago, some people will never come to love's domain family. Are you following me? Because of their personal beliefs. But you see, they may escape the sword of love's domain. But listen to me CAC is waiting for them oh you don't understand what I'm talking about you don't get what I'm talking about there are some people CAC is not their time it's not their thing so they will escape the sword of love's domain they will escape that of CAC but mountain of fire is waiting oh my god you don't understand what I'm talking about once they escape a place another is waiting once they escape a place another is waiting once they escape a place another is waiting for them because everyone must be gotten into this kingdom oh are you following me are you following me now i said in i think that should be in the last part on wednesday this last wednesday and i need to mention this again you see i know some people will be thinking about okay if you're saying that all of those churches are the plans of god to ensure that people do not escape then what about sound doctrine then what about the right teaching of the word of God? Because in some of those places, the word of God is not being taught right. How many of you understand what I'm saying? 
But you see, when you look at it from that angle, you will not see the plan and the agenda of God. But when you look at it from this angle, listen to me. What is the essence of church? What is the essence of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you following me? The essence of the preaching of the gospel is to ensure that every man believes in who? Every man believes in who? Come on, every man believes in who? In love to make family, who do we believe in? In CSU, who do they call on? In MFM, who do they call on? In Christ members, who do they call on? Are you following this? So, you may look at the issue of wrong doctrine, right doctrine, right teaching of the word of God. But you see, when you leave that aside, you will find out that every of those churches, they call on the name of the Lord. Listen to me. There was a point that Paul was concerned the way this generation is concerned. Paul, Paul said, now wow, that some people some people they are preaching the gospel because of money some people are preaching the gospel because of fame some people are even preaching because of their belly and paul was angry and he was thinking of what he was going to do but you know what the spirit of god told him the spirit of god told him to relax and you know what the spirit of god told him after i told him to relax he said either they preach the gospel for fame or they preach the gospel for money or they preach the gospel for their belly he said at least the name of the lord is being propagated Oh, are you following me? Come on, do you understand what I'm talking about? And in all of those places I've mentioned, the name of the Lord is being called on. Are you following me? Are you following me? The name of the Lord is being called on. The church has evolved to where it is today. And any believer, oh my God, any believer who believes in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who believes in the expansion of the kingdom of God, will understand, let me round it up this way this morning, will understand that whatsoever God is given to him or her, is being released to him or her for the expansion of the work of the kingdom of God on the face of the earth. Why oh, you follow me? Play something for me on the keyboard. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So he's blessing me, not because of me. He's blessing me so that his work can go forward. Oh, come and tell your neighbor he's blessing you. Oh, come and tell your neighbor he's blessing you. Not because of you, but because his work on the earth must go forward. There are people who must hear the gospel because you gave. Are you following me? That freely has God given. I mean, freely have you received? He said, freely also you should give. Then you also come with this scripture that he who did not be told his only begotten son. He said, then what then can he not freely give to you? And they make it look as if God freely gives all things. Now, should I, should I say this? Are you going to listen to me? Listen, truly, God freely gives all things. But watch this. There are still things you will do in time that will echo in eternity. That because of that act that you did in time, there is a portion and dimension of blessing that will come upon your life as a result of that act. Oh, you don't get what I'm talking about. 
you don't understand you don't understand what i'm talking about you don't understand what i'm talking about because listen to me I, 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 all, all, see one of the main emphasis during the course of this teaching is the fact that you see in trying to collect an extreme you find people go to another extreme you understand they're trying to collect an extreme you find videos of men of god online raising money praise god now the truth is some of those some of those styles of raising money and all of that even me too i'm not comfortable with them are you following me come on are you following me and you see people post those videos and they begin to postulate they begin to say that listen freely god has i mean you have received freely you should give then they begin to say god has freely given us all things are you following me oh my god are you following this then they begin to make you feel as if there's nothing you can do for God that can make God bless you. Are you following me? Now truly God has blessed all of us. Are you following me? But listen to me. There are still things. Oh my God. You see what the people are trying to do is that the water has become so dirty. But listen to me. The baby is still inside the den, inside the bath with the dirty water. Now what they want to do is to draw away the dirty water along with the baby but you see the baby must be preserved why are you following me? because if truly he has given us all things free then the woman with the alabaster box of oil should not have gotten the statement that she got from Jesus are you following me? because even the Pharisee that told Jesus come to my house wanted to feed him was he not Come and talk to me now. He said, come to my house. He wanted to prepare feast for the master. But you see, one feast was greater than the other. You don't understand what I'm talking about. One feast was greater than the other. Because I came to your house. You wanted to take care of me. But here comes a woman who has an alabaster box of oil that was worth a year's wage. And she was going to slam it on the floor. And anoint my feet and not you know when Jesus was going to respond to that Pharisee he said I've sat down here since he said you have not even taken oil to anoint my head he said but look at this woman she has taken this oil and she has anointed my feet with it he said you gave me no water to wash my feet he said but yet this woman had not ceased to cry and use her tears to wipe the my feet do you understand what i'm saying both of them were praying some sacrifice but one person's sacrifice was more than the other oh are you following me come on are you following me because people are gradually beginning to tilt to that angle that see it doesn't matter what you do god just blesses you which is the truth he blesses everybody but see in time there are still things you will do that god would i move back and say <laughs> you know you know you know before solomon came every king that came including his father the highest solomon came the highest i think that david came with to make sacrifice with or bullocks was seven you understand that was the highest that david came but when solomon became a king you see the extent to which you know god has loved you the extent to which you know god has blessed you the extent to which you know god has favored you is that it's going to be equal to the way you respond to god are you following me jesus said to that woman i mean to the pharisee he said look at this woman she has not ceased to do what she's doing since 
he said because she knows that she has been forgiven much that's why she's loving much he said but you you sit down there in your regalia and you feel there's really nothing much so you feel there's no big deal but this woman understands the depth of the love that i have for her the things i will have to overlook in her life that is going on and because of that she's loving me much are you following me and jesus said that wherever this gospel is preached this which she has done shall be mentioned it shall be for a memorial that means this act of ours never be forgotten till the world will end they will keep talking about it i just spoke about it again are you following me david will come with seven that was the highest but when solomon became king i guess solomon realized that ah, for me to be a king because of my story i'm not even supposed to be the king because my father saw my mother who was married to another took her in, slept with her, committed adultery with her and killed my father, I mean killed my stepfather, yes that should be stepfather and eventually took my mother in, married her and gave back to me if anybody will become the king, it shouldn't have been me Absalom would have been better do you understand what I'm talking about? Absalom could have made a better king Absalom was in a more appropriate position to be the king not me but if God had chosen me uh, even though I'm not supposed to be the one that is chosen but if God chose me then I'm going to do something for God that goes beyond what has ever been done before so the first time he was going to show up for sacrifice he came with 1,000 pillock now somebody will say he came with 1,000 and then but you see he shocked God and God said in the middle of the night bros wake up what do you make I do for you I said talk I love this woman of God Roshé aha did you hear that he said
And God said, I'm going to so much bless you. I'm going to so much lift you. And listen to me. If somebody is saying, you can't do anything for God. And God does something back to you. Have you not seen it? You see, people sell these things subtly. Without a balance in the word of God. Have you heard people say that God is not MMM? Have you heard people say that? That you don't pH and GH when it comes to God. Now that's the truth. But listen to me. There are some pH and some GH in God. Oh, you don't get what I'm talking about. <laughs> are you following me? When you read, we're going to get there in the next. You need to follow this teaching online. Because what it means is that what I'm about to talk about, I'm going to be talking about it on Wednesday. Because somebody may say all those things you're quoting, they are in the Old Testament. When you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're still going to read all those places. And Paul began, began to talk about when you give sparingly, you live sparingly. When you give bountifully, you live bountifully. He began to share all those things. Then he said, For God loves a cheerful giver, that you should not give grudgingly and all of that. Then God loves a cheerful giver. Then the next verse is that he said, And God will make all grace to abound towards you. Why do you think he said, And God will make all grace abound towards you? Is it not as a result of what he was talking about before? That means when you give to God, he said, and God, that means the resultant effect of God making all grace to abound towards you is because you have given towards his cause. Oh, are you following me? Are you following me? Oh, come and turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, God is blessing you. Oh, not because of you. Oh, but because of his kingdom. Rise up to your feet, walk up to five people in here and tell them God is blessing you. Oh, not because of you, but because of his kingdom. Tell somebody, God is blessing you. Not because of you, but because of his kingdom. Tell somebody in your house, God is blessing you. Not because of you, but because of his kingdom. Tell somebody, God is blessing you. God is lifting you. God is raising you. Not because of you, but because of his kingdom. Oh, glory to God. Oh, come on, wave your hands to him wherever you are. Go ahead and thank him this morning. Oh, increase the volume of the keyboard, please. Raise your hands unto him. Just bless him this morning. All over this place, bless him this morning. Oh, bless him this morning. Bless him this morning. Oh, bless him this morning. I can't hear somebody pray. I can't hear you pray. I can't hear you pray. I need to hear you pray. Oh, go ahead and thank him. Oh, for blessing you, for loving you. Come on, go ahead and bless him. Go ahead and bless him. Go ahead and bless him. Oh, go ahead and bless him. Oh. Come on, I can't hear you. Go ahead and bless him some more. Go ahead and bless him some more. Our God deserves our praise. Our God deserves our praise. Our God deserves our praise. He is blessing me for the progress of his work on the earth. He is blessing me for the progress of his work on the earth. He is blessing me for the progress of his work on the earth. Hallelujah. 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 It's one of the things I, I mentioned during the course of the teaching. The three parts I've done so far. 
is the fact that you know when the woman broke that box of oil at the feet of Jesus you know what Judah said Judah said this is just a waste I mean this is this is just waste a year's wage one year's salary you worked for one year you didn't even want cover from it you now took that whole money you now bought a box of it do you know how valuable that box will be to you do you know how valuable it will be to you but you see the interesting thing one of the things you know Archbishop Elomobo was around last week praise God and when he was when he was talking he said the little he had when he came into the auditorium, he said while he was going downstairs he said he was crying he said because he had then Archbishop Benson in the house and teach on that woman with that alabaster box of oil before he said but the dimension I took it he said he, 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 had, he had never seen it in that life the woman labor I, I know what you do I know you're a construction person but imagine you save your one year salary to buy a box of oil do you know how valuable it would be to you but you see this woman the one year's wage that she saved to buy that box was not even you know you work in the construction you sometimes you give orders right you say oh yeah you go and do that thing you go and do that thing because you know, make a rest you go you go you go but they will still pay you at the end of the month but this woman does not make money until her body is involved because she was a prostitute so she labored with her body for one year one year her body her body she has to open up herself to several men and kept that money to buy that box listen to me you know what that means Tom our one year salary will be more valuable to her than to you oh you don't get it you, you don't understand what I'm talking about I'm not saying your one year will not be valuable it will be valuable to you but do you understand she will value that one year more than you will and she took that box and broke it at the feet of Jesus. Broke it. And Judah said, this is a waste. He said, we should have collected the box from her. And sell it. And we use it to take care of the poor. I love this woman. Uh -huh. Did you hear that? And did you hear that? Did you hear that? They were able. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh You know what she just you know what she just opened my eyes to by what she just read now you see this woman broke the box and Judah said this is a waste we should have sold it and used the money to take care of the poor can I ask you and would you answer me in all sincerity even the people that are watching online the people most of the people that are against the church now what are they crying for that the church is not taking care of the poor enough. Is that not what they are crying about? 
And one of the things I said during the course of this teaching, see, no matter what it is the church, you think that the church is meant to be doing, the church has only one purpose on the earth, not two. And the purpose is to propagate the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Taking care of the poor may be, may be something that we should do because of our good nature. But it's not the primary thing. So every resource that comes to the church should be for how the agenda of the gospel will thrive more on planet earth. But you see, this generation is trying to change it. That the freeze even went and said that people should not be giving their tithe to churches again. That they should be giving it to the poor. The, the poor people in their neighborhood. Can I ask you a question? Those poor people you are giving your money to, how has it translated into the gospel being preached to them? Are you following me? Listen to me. The church is the only institution on the planet Earth that is primary concern is how would the kingdom of God be enlarged on planet Earth? So if you say, I'm not partnering again with the church, I would rather give what I have to the poor instead of the institution ordained by God. People don't even realize the church was ordained by God. And you see the brothers and sisters of Judas Iscariot still shouting today. Let's give the money to the poor. Let's, let's, yeah, they are brothers and sisters of Judas Iscariot. They just don't know. Let's, let's get, this is a waste. It's a waste. Now, you see, I'm a balance, praise God. I'm a balanced preacher. I'm a balanced teacher. I understand some of the excesses that some men of God may have done. Are you following me? Because even me too, I was like, ah, a kilo day. A man of God already has six. You have six jets. You now want to buy a seventh one. You are not selling the six that you have to buy one. You want to retain the six. But you want to buy another one. Because you are saying that that one, you know, you know uh, the fueling capacity of these jets are different. Some of them you may have to fly for a particular hours, touch down in one country, fuel, and move again. But this particular one can go at a stretch. So he says that's the reason why he wants to buy that one. And he wants people, he wants to raise money for people to buy it for him. And he did it online. The first person that came to criticize him was Kirk Franklin. I said, what's, what's, what, what, what nonsense? If you want a new jet, sell the six and use the money to buy that one. But you want to re do you understand? So I'm telling you, I understand the excesses of some of these people. Are you following me? But we also need to realize that there are things that are luxury to us that are not luxury to some people. Oh, you don't understand what I'm talking about. You see, a car may be a luxury for an SS3 boy, but it's not luxury to me. Do you understand what I'm It's a necessity. I need it. I need it to move around. When I need to travel to preach, I need that car. Do you understand what I'm talking about? But an SS3 boy who did Yahoo Yahoo and got a car, you understand? For him, is luxury. Are you following me? And the way the car is luxury to an SS3 boy and it's not luxury to me, the same way if I buy a jet right now, it's luxury to me. How many invitations do I have all over the world? Even in Nigeria, how many invitations do I have? So buying a jet for me right now is luxury. But there are some people who having a jet is not luxury to. And we need to realize that. Are you following me? 
before you can get, before Dr. Miles Moreau died, before you can get him to come and preach in your meeting, you give him two years notice. Because every day he has a meeting. Not but all over the world. And they are and by evening he must be in Africa. Following morning he must be in India. Waiting on a tractor. Oh, what's what's the what's the name of it? Do you understand what I'm saying? Want him to be... Do you understand what I'm saying? Also, also Soliso. <laughs> then then you want him to now be queuing. Then he will now queue. Then they will now they will now say, ah, sorry, sir, the flight is full. You can't go. Do you understand? You will go tomorrow. Go to the airport, they do it a lot. The last time I was in Asaba, two guys, they scattered the airport. Wafi boys. They booked the flight online. They, you understand? But because they didn't show up on time, the people at the desk, they collected money from some other people and told them to board. So those guys came. They now said that the flight is full. Which flight is full? Flight that we booked for and paid for. You know Wafi boys? They say, now they mad. We go enter this plane. No, they go anywhere. We they gather enter this plane. Tell those guys, may they come out. Scatter the apples. So you want Mas Munro to now say, ah, hey, to, or you want him to now be begging. I say, hey, please, please, my have meeting tomorrow. Do you understand what I'm saying? At some level of life, there are things that are luxury to you. But at some level of life, it's no longer luxury. But like I said, I understand that may be getting people to be angry. Are you following me? But again, I say to people, if you are in a place and you are not comfortable with how things are done, then leave. Then leave. And if you leave, maybe that's the sword of Azar that you escaped. Jehu is waiting for you. <laughs> and if you escape that of Jehu, Elisha is waiting at the back. Do you understand what I'm saying? And one of the reasons why I'm taking time to do this teaching, understanding church and money, because we must understand that place of balance. I know people who have gotten to a point now where when they hear, they don't want to hear it again. They don't want to hear it again. And gradually they moved into these things. Gradually they moved into these things. Gradually they moved into these things. The fact that the water is dirty does not mean you should throw away the dirty water and the baby. Preserve the baby. Throw away the dirty water. But don't throw everything away. Are you following this? Pastors have a lot of, oh my God, a lot of excesses. I'm telling you the truth. I've seen pastors who will come and tell you, I'm, I'm going to come and preach for you. And when I preach for you, I'm going to raise offering. I'm going to raise money. All the money I'm going to raise, I'm taking it away. Ah, sit down there. You understand? <laughs> Pastor, Pastor, Pastor Stanley called me one time and said, he went for a meeting in Benin. They invited him for a meeting in Benin. He was going to that meeting with the mindset of, ah, I'm going to bless people. I'm going to opportunity to bless people. That's Pastor Stanley. 
in, in, in a lot of I'm going to, oh, it's a large platform. I'm going to bless people. He got among the ministers. Instead of them to be maybe praying for the meeting or trusting God for, you know what they were arguing over? How the offering from the old meeting will be shared among them. Pastor Sally said the Southern there was like, ha, I'm in the wrong company. I'm in the wrong company. So there's excesses everywhere. But that should still not take away the truth of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the same thing I say about righteousness. Some people come and they say, when you teach righteousness too much, people live anyhow. And they still believe they are saved. But the fact that people believe that way and erroneously does still not mean that the truth of the word should not be preached. Do you understand what I'm saying? It should be preached. It's the truth of God's word. If you do something extraordinary for God, God will do something extraordinary for you. It's there in scripture. You won't just do it and you will overlook it as normal. It's not normal. Though. To come with one, one thousand peace. It's not normal. Though. It's not a normal thing. Though. But don't let's even look at one thousand. Let us look at the woman that came with a widow. One might. Jesus stood by the offering. Maybe you don't understand that, that story. A service was going on. Jesus did not stand on the pastor's seat. He didn't stand anywhere. He stood beside the offering basket. I was monitoring what people were giving. Uh -huh, okay. Uh -huh, okay. I had a preacher preach about that text one time. And he said, if Jesus will come into any service, he won't sit with the pastors. He will stay by the offering basket. And that may be true. Do you understand what I'm saying? It may be true. Because the extent to which you give determines the depth of your love for him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Stood. People were given millions, billions. But Jesus was not moved. Then a woman dropped a mite, coin, dropped it. And Jesus said, Yeah, Mugbe. And Judas said, Ogakila and And he said, Didn't you? It was Judas. The brothers of Judas is carrier and sisters. He said, Sir, Ogakilo Shele, Master, Mugbe Lodi, what happened? He said, Didn't you see that? He said, What? Did you see that might? And you know the interesting thing is, you know paper, when you drop paper in the offering basket, it doesn't make sound. Shh, it doesn't shh, shh. But when you drop coin, you do kangolo, kangolo. So when she dropped it, it did kangolo, kangolo, and Jesus said, yay! Yeah! And Judah said, sir, and Jesus said, you don't understand. That even though it is a might, but this woman, everything she has, was what she dropped. And you are now telling me that when you do something extraordinary for God, that God will not take notice. You are a joker. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are a joker. The first poster we preached in Love's Domain Family, 2006, that we printed to, to all, the, all the, everywhere, when he was there, Pasted everywhere was my project money. If my mom hears it now, maybe this will be the first time she's knowing. Carried my project money. Project money will show somehow, some way. Printed poster. Pasted it all around. 
Somebody else will look and say you are crazy. Who do you say project? fellowship. Are you normal? Are you normal? Are you normal? But we did it. And since 2006, see, I may not yet be a millionaire, but you see, I've never been stranded. That one, that one, that one, I can tell you, I have never been stranded before. I may not have all the money in the bank, but once I need it, it comes. One day, my daughter looked at me and said, said to me, said, Daddy, you know you have, you know you say, you know you are so rich. I said, ah, rich kid. Ah. I said, I don't, I don't have money, sir. He said, Daddy, you don't know what I'm talking about. I said, I know you don't have too much money in your bank. He said, but I see the way you spend money. He said, you have money. <laughs> now, I'm telling you, that was what she did me said. He said, I know. He said, I know what you're talking about. That you know. He said, I know. He said, I won't know because sometimes she takes my phone. He said, I know your account balance. He said, I know. I know. I know your account balance. He said, but me, I don't understand. You will just be buying and buying and buying. He said, you just be buying. I've never been stranded. Not once. There are days I will sleep. Sleep with the thought of how do we do tomorrow? My wife is here. How do we do tomorrow? And I wake up, wake up with, with some, some serious alarm on my phone from somebody that I've even long, 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 long forgotten. Sometimes I'm even wondering who sent it this morning. Sometimes I don't even know. Never been stranded. When you do for God, he will do something for you. Never forget that. Never let anybody talk you out of it. And bring you to a point that when it comes to God, you now become miserly. And you see, these things is not just money alone. Praise God. It also has to do with your time. Are you following me? Giving your time and your resources. Waiting on God. Trusting God for the best. Have you been blessed this morning? Are you sure? Come on, if you have been blessed, celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. That message was from the stables of Love's Domain Family Assembly. Senior pastors are Pastor Banji and KG Oladipo. To reach this ministry, send a mail to lovesdomainfamily at gmail.com. Remain blessed.